Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. We're back. We're on this great journey with Paul and Barnabas. I really am enjoying uh, visiting this uh, mission with them on their first mission. It is inspiring. It is so educational. It is humbling to know what these guys went through. I really, I have to say so far, my favorite... um, chapter so far in Acts has been chapter 13. It's this first sermon where he's just so logically laying out things um, in Antioch. And I'm just sort of dubbing this sermon Freedom Versus Slavery. I think it speaks to so much um, to our logical minds here. You know, and he's He's speaking to people who are thinking themselves pretty logical and well-educated, who are too smart for the gospel. And he gives it right back to them. And um, he's talking about, would you rather have freedom in forgiveness in life or or walk around uh, uh, enslaved to sin and death? And um, he goes right to the resurrection Jesus was resurrected. He was raised from the dead. And he said it was prophesied in the Old Testament. But Jesus didn't die. He was raised from the dead. Do you want to be raised from the dead? He's your salvation. Do you have a Savior? You know, you don't have to be raised from the dead if you don't want to. But Jesus was raised from the dead. That's, I mean, he talks about that right then and there. Did Jesus' body decay? No. Do you want your body to decay? And then he, you know, he frees you. Everyone who believes is freed from everything, which you couldn't be freed of by the law of Moses. It's freedom. And then he's so logical he addresses the scoffers. Look, you scoffers, be astounded and perish, for I'm doing a work in your days, a work that you will not believe even if one tells it to you. So he's talking about, do you want to be raised from the dead or not? Do you want to be free or do you want to be enslaved? And many of you are not even going to be believing it even if we tell it to you. 
I mean, wow, such a logical message. And it and it's like a it's like a template for how you how you can talk to people today. Do you want to be raised from the dead or not? Or do you just want to be dead? What do you want? This is life. This is resurrection. Now, I'm going to tell it to you, but not everybody whom I'm going to tell it to is going to want it or even believe it, even if I tell it to you. And we've already had prophecy for that. And if people believe, great. And if not, I'm going to shake the dirt off my feet. So that was chapter 13. I, I just, again, I think that is a template for how you share the faith to the to Gentiles, you know, to the, to the logical thinking Gentiles here at Antioch. And so how you share people, your faith to people today. If people, if somebody comes up to me now, I'm in my mind, I'm going to go back to Acts chapter 13. And if somebody comes up to me and says, you know, you're a Christian, I will, you know, or if we talk about it, I'm going to boil it down. Do you want to be raised from the dead or not? You know, Jesus was raised from the dead. And that's what he gives you. Freedom. Freedom from death. That's it. That's, that is so logical. Now, I digress. Now we're coming to where our study is today, chapter 14. And look, you know, he's walking, he's doing his thing. He gives such a powerful message, but he's rejected. Many believe, but many reject. So it's like, are you worried about what's going to happen when you give such a great logical message? You just put it out there. Some are going to believe, some are going to really hate your guts. But Paul didn't stop. So he's rejected at Iconium. All right. And then we're going to see him exalted and then rejected and stoned at Lystra. But he tells them, God witnesses to us himself. And uh, so they return to Antioch, Syria, after they run, after they retrace some of their steps in some of these other cities. Now, where we are located here, this mission trip, um, just to set the thing, we've left uh, the church in Antioch in Syria. We've gone to the island of Cyprus. Now we've hit Asia Minor. That's where we are right now. This is all in modern-day Turkey. All right, so this is Asia Minor, and you've got Lycia, and then you've got Galatia here. So this is where the Galatian churches were. And some of these towns were probably the Galatian churches that he wrote letters to the Galatians later. So we are Syria now. We've come over through Cyprus to Asia Minor. And, you know, he's gone to... Um, Atalia, Perga, then there's another another Antioch over here in Asia Minor he goes to. Okay, and that was his first sermon. That was chapter 13. Now we're going to Iconium, and then down to Lystra, and then to Derby.
Okay? Iconium Lystra Derby. That's where we're going. Now, when we go to Iconia Lystra Derby, these three towns, um, Lystra is, uh, let's see, wait a minute. Iconium, um, many believed, uh, but when he, but when he's, um, he gets to Lystra, they stone him. They leave him for dead in Lystra. But then he's not dead, and then he goes to Derby. Now, Derby is a little bit farther to Tarsus. Okay, and then uh, that's where Paul's hometown is from, Paul of Tarsus. So he could have gone a little bit farther back to his hometown and then crossed over back to Antioch if he wanted to his starting point, but he doesn't. He takes the long way back. So Derby's almost back to where, full circle, where he was, his hometown is, but he goes back. So he goes from Antioch and Syria all the way around. It's like he starts at 3 o'clock on the face of the clock, and he goes all the way around um, clockwise, all the way around, almost to like 12 o'clock, and at 1 o'clock is his hometown, Tarsus. And then he's all the way, all the way back to 3 o'clock where he started. But he didn't. He gets all the way to 12 o'clock. And he goes all the way counterclockwise back to 3 o'clock. All right, if that makes any sense. So let's jump in with all of that set up here. <laughs> so chapter 14, verse 1. Now at Iconium, they entered together into the Jewish synagogue. And he, he usually starts out in the Jewish synagogue, talking to the Jews first, and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Gentiles believed. But the unbelieving Jews, you know, the jealous Jews, stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their mind against the brothers. So they remained for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord, who bore witness to the word of His grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. In other words, there was a bunch of opposition, so... Paul stayed there a long time. Now, normally we would think, if there's a bunch, if there's a bunch of opposition, you would leave. But a bunch of opposition meant Paul was going to stay and confront the opposition. So that's what we see him doing. All right. So God gives grace, signs, and wonders to be done by their hands to give them authority because they don't have Bibles. They don't have a lot of scrolls to give the gospel message. They just have themselves. So today, McGee says, we don't need signs and wonders because now we've got the Word of God. It's written down for us. We've got the Holy Spirit. So, interesting correlation there. We see signs and wonders here. Verse 4, But the people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. When an attempt was made both by Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to mistreat them and stone them, they learned of it and fled to Lystra and Derbe. Okay? So, they don't... If they're going to get ready to get stoned, there is some common sense here. They, they move on. Um... And uh, these are cities located in um, Lycinia, which is, I'm just thinking of Lystra and Derby, just a little bit south of Iconium, and uh, in the surrounding country, and there they continued to preach the gospel. So these 
are in the lands of Galatia. And so, uh, again, these are sort of the early Galatian churches here. Now, verse 8, Now, at Lystra, there was a man sitting who could not use his feet. There was no synagogue. We don't see any evidence of a synagogue there, so we just see him, a man sitting there. He was crippled from birth and never walked. He listened to Paul speaking, and Paul looked intently at him, and seeing he had faith to be made well, said in a loud voice, Stand upright on your feet. And he sprang up and began walking. And when the crowd saw what Paul had done, they lift up their voices, saying in um, Lycanian, Again, this is a foreign language that Paul probably didn't know what they were saying. The gods have come down to us in the likenesses of men. Okay? So they're they're overjoyed, but you know, these are pagan people. They they don't know, you know, they're they're they are polytheists. They have all kinds of gods that they worship. Now, Barnabas they call Zeus and Paul Hermes because he was the chief speaker. Verse thirteen. And the priest of Zeus, whose temple was at the entrance to the city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates and wanted to offer sacrifice with the crowds. Okay, so the priests are getting in on this too. Maybe maybe they're not, uh, I don't know what their heart is, but they're obviously in the wrong place. Their heart's in the wrong place. And they probably saw this. And if they offer some sacrifices, maybe, you know, just the way people think, they'll be able to catch some of the glory themselves. Okay, verse 14. But when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard of it, okay, when they understand what's going on, they tore their garments and rushed out into the crowd, crying out, okay, so they're, they're upset. And it's almost like you get this uh, tearing of the garments, um... How upset, you know, some of the the priests were there, you know, at Jesus' trial. You know, they tore their garments because they were so upset. Well, this is Paul and Barnabas tearing their garments. That shows how upset they are of being falsely exalted. Okay? That shows you their hearts. And it's interesting that they call Barnabas and Paul apostles. Now, in the sense of the word the word apostle means to be sent. So in that sense of the word, apostles Barnabas and Paul were sent. They were sent by um, the church back at Antioch in Syria. They were sent. They were apostles. They're being sent. But also the word apostles means being sent by Christ. Okay. So Paul saw the risen Jesus. He was sent by Christ. He was chosen, sent. Apostle is Paul is always referred to as the apostle Paul. He identifies himself as an apostle in his letters to these churches because he was chosen and sent by Christ. He always sort of states that. Now, Barnabas, you know, I have to think that, you know, Barnabas was asked to go to go along with this, um, perhaps also by the Holy Spirit. Um, but in any event... Uh, uh, one sense of the word sort of means the part of the original 12 uh, apostles that Jesus chose. Um, uh, in another sense, they're being sent um, by uh, the Holy Spirit. 
but in any event, uh, they're referred to as the apostles, Barnabas and Paul. And they tore their clothes, and then they said in verse 15, Men, why are you doing these things? We are also men. You know, we're just like you, of like nature with you. And we bring you good news that you should turn from these vain things to a living God. Okay, so they, they, these guys are polytheists. They're sort of worshiping these little stone idols. He said, no, our God is living. This God we're talking about is living, who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. In past generations, he allowed all the nations to walk in their own ways. Okay, but now he's calling all nations to him. Yet he did not leave himself without witness, for he did good by giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness, even with the words they scarce. Even with these words, they scarcely restrain the people from offering sacrifice to them. Okay? So, they're saying, look, we're just like you. Don't exalt us. You know, we're, we're here. Um, turn to a living God. That's who you need to be worshiping. And He gives you His own witness by the rains and the fruitful seasons with food. That's His witness to you. Without his blessing, you would famish. You would, you, would, you would have nothing to eat. But, again, our generation, as well as their generation, takes all this stuff for granted. They take all this stuff for granted. The seasons and the rains comes from God. Look at all this stuff with, you know, global warming and this, that, and the other stuff. And they think man controls the weather. And man controls the seasons. No, it comes from God. Very, very humanistic thinking. Very atheistic thinking these days. You see it. People deny God everywhere. They, they, they think the food comes from man. They think the seasons come are man-made. Verse 19. But the Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, opposing, supposing he was dead. Now, McGee teaches that he thinks Paul really was dead, but was raised. But, because there's no way they're going to they're gonna stone him and not understand he's, you know, and not recognize he's dead. They probably know how to check for a pulse. And if they're dragging him out of the city, they probably dragging his corpse. But, in any event, verse 20, but when the disciples gathered about him, you know, I mean, he's laying out there. Maybe he's not buried yet, but maybe they they drag him out of the city and throw him on the ground. The disciples gather about him. He rose up. Now, if he was halfway dead in a coma... I don't know if he's going to rise up, but right now he rose up. To be that close to death, it's almost like they suppose he was dead. They looked like he was dead. McGee says he was dead, probably dead, but then perhaps he was raised from the dead himself. Just like Stephen was, was stoned and he went straight to heaven, Paul was stoned, dead, but rose up. Perhaps that's what happened. And there were some other verses that McGee gave that, that sort of spoke that Paul 
at an, a, a later letter said he was, you know, caught up uh, in between heaven and earth or something like that. Um, I don't have the exact verse that McGee used this morning, but um, we'll just kind of leave it at that. He was close to death or he perhaps was dead, but he rose up and then he entered the city. And on the next day, he went on with Barnabas to Derby. Now, apparently all that stoning didn't hurt him that much because he's on he's he's going you know or maybe he's still hobbling but if he was dead and then he was raised from the dead in like so many other instances um the people who were raised went right to being busy verse 21 when they had preached the gospel to that city this is derby and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and Iconium and Antioch. In other words, they reversed course. They went back to the same cities that they did earlier. Okay? So it's almost like they're going now counterclockwise back, backwards. Again, it would have been easier from uh, for, for Paul to, um, to continue to back Tarsus his own home city on the way home, but nope, they retraced their steps. And uh, they're strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith. These are all the cities that they many believed, but they were rejected in. Even the Lystra, where he was stoned at, and study Bible says, look how much courage that takes to go back to these cities you're chased out of and even stoned in. And he's encouraging the people that you've got to continue in your faith, saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Then they passed through Pisidia and came to Pamphla. And then when they um, had spoken the word in Pegra, they went to uh, Atalia. And then, which is a port city, and then they sail back to Antioch in Syria, where they had been com, uh, commended to the grace of God for the work that they had fulfilled. And when they had arrived and gathered the church together, they declared all that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles and remained no little time. In other words, they remained a long time with the disciples there. So we're going to stop here. What a great, great study. So inspiring to me to hear this early message by Paul. Such logic that applies to us today. Such a great message. So we're going to stop here. We'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. hope you're enjoying this as much as I am. And uh, as always, from me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your hearts centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. And we'll see you here next time as we continue our study and our journey with Paul in the Acts. God bless you all. And as always, our prayers go out for sweet Emma and sweet Jean. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Acts chapter 14, beginning at verse 1 all the way through to verse 28. So we have here in this chapter, Barnabas and Paul face an impenetrable paganism of Galatia. So 
verse 1 of chapter 14 goes on to read now it happened in Iconium that they were together to the synagogue of the Jews and so spoke that a great multitude both of the Jews and of the Greeks believed so Iconian is a city in Galatia and it's in the heartland of Asia Minor verse 2 goes on to read but the unbelieving Jews stirred up the, the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brethren verse 3 therefore they started sorry therefore they stayed there a long time speaking boldly in the Lord who was bearing witness to the word of his grace granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands verse 4 but the multitudes of the city was divided part sided with the Jews part and part with the apostles so there was a division in the city so we have Paul and Barnabas here who were Jews and Paul always actually used the synagogue as a springboard to get to the Gentiles and this had always been his method and this was what he was doing here verse 5 goes on to read and when a violent attempt was made by both the Gentiles and the Jews with their rulers to abuse and stone them they became aware of it and fled to Lystra and Derby, cities of Lyconia and to the surrounding region and they were preaching the gospel there so they didn't actually get a good reception in um, Iconium okay so um, they actually took off to Lystria and Derby. so at first they practically had actually yeah at first they had practically had no ministry uh, no fruit in Iconium so they are now moving from one city to another and here we have them move to Lystra verse 8 goes on to read and in Lystra in and in Lystra a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked so uh, verse 9 goes on to read this man heard Paul speaking Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed said with a loud voice stand up straight on your feet and he leaped and walked verse 11 now when the people saw what Paul had done they raised their voices saying to saying in the like Koa Lycoanian language the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men so Paul and Barnabas had the gifts of an apostle so they had their assigned gifts so they had no New Testament to preach to these people all they had was the gospel message and the gifts that they had their assigned gifts of an apostle so these gifts were needed then they are not needed today or now because today we have the word of god we have the new testament we have the gospel and um we have um we have the church and the doctrine and the word of god and it's what is um in the word of god and not what is in man that's what's important so it's it's, it's the word of god it's our relationship between 
God and ourselves. That's what's important and not what's in man. And people today tend to actually um, put man on a pedestal and, you know, the things that man does. So we should get our eyes off men and onto the word of God. Um, and, you know, we see that these people are pagans because they are actually uh, not focusing on God. They're focusing on what man has done, what Paul has done. And they're trying to uh, make them gods, Paul and Barnabas. Um, just like uh, what happened to Simon Peter with Cornelius, um, the Roman soldier, um, when he fell down and tried to worship Simon Peter. Okay, so verse 12 goes on to read, And Barnabas they called Zeus. So Zeus is also... Um, um, Jupiter and Paul Hermes which is Mercurius or Mercury because he was the chief speaker so here we see Paul was like um, the lead verse so these people were actually fickle they believed in um, you know their pagan ways and their Greek mysticism and things like that uh, verse 13 goes on to read then the priest of um Jupiter, that's Zeus, whose temple was in front of their city, bought, brought oxen and garlands to the gates, intending to sacrifice with the multitudes. But when the apostle Barnabas and Paul heard this, they tore their clothes and ran in among the multitudes, crying out say and saying, Men, why are you doing these things? We also are men with the same nature as you and preach to you that you should turn from these useless things to the living God who made the heaven, the earth, the sea and all things that are in them, who in bygone generations allowed all the nations to walk in their own ways. So Paul and Barnabas take attention from themselves. You know, they are amazed and shocked by the fact that these people want to actually worship them. So we ought not to actually fall down before man today. Today you have man, like one paraphrase that Dr. Jeeva McGee has used, um, who are licking the boots of other men and their tongues are black. So a Christian ought not to be um, obsequious. You know, we ought to focus on the word. We ought to focus on God and not on um, the things that man does. This is why today, you know, they assigned gifts. They are not needed. They are not there today. They ended with the apostles because now we have the gospel and the truth and the word of God. Verse 17 goes on to read. Nevertheless, he did not leave himself without witness in that he did good gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons filling our hearts with food and gladness so here um he is paul is presenting to them the facts of the living god who is the creator and not a heathen or pagan god or any of the greek uh mythologies that they are actually believed in verse 18 goes on to read and with these thing and with these sayings they could scarcely restrain the multitudes from sacrificing to them. Verse 19, Then Jews from 
Antioch and Iconium came there, and having persuaded the multitudes, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. So here, very interesting. You know, one day these people, they're actually ready to worship Paul. They're fickle. They're actually ready to worship Paul and Barnabas. And then the next day, they stone Paul to death. Um, you know, it's like today, people follow fads. You know, one day this thing is in. You know, we have all these opinion polls about what we think about certain people, about celebrities, athletes, politicians. You know, so one day everyone is for somebody. The next day, you know, a person just makes one minor misstep or, you know, says the wrong things and everyone turns. Everyone's opinion has turned and is focusing on somebody else. You know, people follow fads today. People follow, you know, what's trending today and it's different tomorrow. And that's what, that's how we are like today in, in our societies. And that's what these, these people, you know, just one minute they're sacrificing and worshipping Paul and Barnabas and calling them gods. And the next minute they stone Paul to death. Uh, and we have, you know, in Second Corinthians, Paul tells of an experience that he had. He said, I knew a man once and that man was caught up in heaven. That's the third heaven. And I don't know whether he was in the body or out of it. I can't tell. God knows. So, and this man that Paul is referring to is himself. It's Paul. So, you know, this experience, it was um, a death experience. This man was... and. Obviously, these people stoned him to death. Obviously, Paul died and he was raised from the dead. So this crowd left Paul for dead. And Paul is to experience, um, as he tells the Galatians, whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. So we'll see this in Galatians when Paul tells the Galatians this, when we get to the book of Galatians. And this is what he actually sowed. You know, he may have been saved, but... Um, you know, whatever you sow, you will surely reap. So Paul actually sowed this. He, and he was reaping what he sowed. He had um, stoned. He was actually uh, in charge of the stoning of um, Stephen, the martyr. And this is what he was reaping now. You know, eventually it catches up. Um, you know, despite uh, one having repented and you know, um, starting afresh, but whatever a man soweth, so shall he reap in their lives. Verse 20 goes on to read, However, when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and went into the city. And the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derby. So this is miraculous. And Paul, after uh, the stoning, of Paul to death the following day he actually rose up and he left for Derby and this you know we have here the raising of the dead as you know one of the sign gifts of the apostles which was one of the signs verse 21 goes on to read and when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples they returned to Lystra Iconium and Antioch so um, you know this type of thing you know being raised from the dead is a gift from the apostles 
sorry, is a gift, not from, is a gift of the apostles. And um, here we see Derby is like the pivotal point. It's like at the end. Um, and after Derby, they actually now went back to Lystra, to Iconium, and then to Antioch, verse 24. Goes on to read. And after they had passed through uh, Pisidia, they came to Pamphylia. So now, um, and these are provinces in that particular area. Let me just read verse 22 and 23. Strengthening the souls of, let me just start actually from 21. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystria, Iconium, and Antioch. Strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, saying, we must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. Verse 23, so when they had appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Verse 24, and after they had passed through Pisidia, they came to Pamphylia. So these are the provinces like i said in that area verse 25 now when they had preached the word in perga they went down to italia so italia is on the sea coast verse 26 goes on to read from there they sailed to antioch where they had been commanded commended to the grace of god for the work which they had completed now, when they had come and gathered the church together, they reported all that God had done with them and that he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. So they stayed there a long time with the disciples. So Paul comes back to Antioch with Barnabas and they gave reports of the work to the church that had actually sent them because that had sent them out and you know the church in antioch is the one it was a missionary church is the one that's actually sent them out commissioned them and it actually revealed that god had now definitely opened the door of the gospel to the gentiles and now we have the churches that are now a hundred percent gentiles you know at first when the gospel started it was a hundred percent hebrew hundred percent israel and then it became partially gentile and then now we have a hundred percent gentile churches so this is today's teaching thank you all for listening in it's been a great one week journey this week in the book of acts we have learned how uh we have seen rather how um the spirit of god actually uh works in the lives of people and it's important to focus 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 and focus on the things of god the word of god we have the gospel we have uh, the word of God, we have the book and not to focus on, um, people, you know, um, we ought to focus on the gospel and, you know, study the Bible and learn the word and have the leading of the Holy Spirit. So yeah, this is our teaching for today. Have a great Friday. Um, and God bless you all. See you next week. Bye-bye.